This is the Do Better Podcast with Dr. Megan Miller and Joe Smith, launching you into the future of behavior analysis. Welcome everyone to our live recording of the Do Better podcast. Today's topic, we are going to talk about how to stay motivated during COVID-19. And it's kind of funny because Joe messaged me about, I don't know, 30 minutes ago and he was like, what are we talking about today? But he he managed to get some notes together. So um, we actually have a little bit more organization than I thought we would. So Joe, do you want to go ahead and um, introduce you know, work through the document you put together? Yeah, so um, so the whole reason why this episode came about is because um, two weeks ago or three weeks ago, I forget which week it was, but um, definitely the start of March 13th um, was the last day I was in my classroom. And since then, I've been out of my classroom and working from home, which is a which you would think that would be an easy transition, but is so um, difficult. <laughs> um, I know for me, like I don't, I, I can't imagine um, people who have kids and trying to teach, work, and continue with the other household duties. So if you are a parent, I applaud you. You guys are doing amazing work right now. Um, even if you feel like you're failing at um, providing an education to your child, you guys are doing awesome. Um, no one prepared for this, and it has been such a huge change for not just for me, but for everyone. Um, uh, yeah, March 13th was definitely a sad day for me, as well as Barbara. Uh, Barbara's uh, message saying March 13th was her last day in the classroom as well. Um, I think March 13th was the last day for a lot of people in Virginia who are teachers or um, work in the school system. Uh, So it was definitely a shock to us. Um, But uh, so after that, I realized that I needed to do some work and I was had all these plans together but nothing stuck, uh, like stuck together. And I was just always, I felt like I was, my wheels were spinning and I was stuck in mud and (laughs) I wasn't going anywhere. And then I realized I haven't watched any Netflix in a while. So I started, I was like, oh, I can watch Netflix while working which was the biggest mistake I could ever do because (laughs) um, binge watching Tiger King or binge watching The Witcher or any of those great shows on Netflix, you have to kind of pay attention to what's going on and your full attention can't go to 
um, what you're actually supposed to be doing at that present moment. Um, so, <laughs> so what? So Megan, how has it? How has COVID nineteen changed what you've been doing at home? Well, so I work from home anyway, so it really hasn't changed a whole lot, except now I have to try to do it with my toddler running around. Well, he's not even a toddler anymore. He's four. I need to stop referring to him as a toddler. But so it's just made it a little bit trickier to, to balance, you know, working and everything. During the first couple of weeks of staying home, which we, we just started staying home the week, same around, same time frame, March 13th, we had Taylor's spring break. Um, and we were with my parent. I went, took him to my parents, uh, condo at the beach for spring break that was planned and it's pretty isolated. So it wasn't a big deal. And so starting March, like 18th or 19th, since then we've been here at the house, but I, we were hosting that conference, the do better couch to camp online conference. So my husband was working from home, but there was a lot of me. I wrote out a schedule for us, but it wasn't like, we're going to start with meditation and then, you know, math and, and have an art project. It wasn't anything that organized. It was just who is in charge of the child <laughs> during these times. Um, and I, it was funny because like the one time I didn't um, do that, I didn't have the schedule written out and my husband forgot to feed my son lunch. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely need to have the schedule here. Um, but anyway, so for the first few weeks, it really wasn't much different because I was um, working so much on the conference that I just kind of, it had to happen that like for his job, fortunately, he didn't have any big projects going on. So it was like, I need these times to be downstairs working and making sure everything's good for the conference. And you, you get to watch Taylor. Um, and we switched off. Like it was, it was pretty even half and half th throughout the day. Now last week, um, was a little bit, last week was my hardest week. We'll talk about that more when we get into the questions this week. I've, what I was able to do projecting out, knowing that we would be home for a while, I didn't schedule stuff. So I've been trying to limit scheduling stuff to between three and 5 PM because that's about when my husband's done working. And then I'm doing like just hanging out with Taylor and, um, and then like kind of trying to do some work at night, but I'm really fortunate because my schedule is so flexible. The stuff that I'm doing right now is, you know, creating courses and it's all projects that I can do if I want to, but I don't have to at the moment. So I'm in a, quite a different position than most people, unfortunately, fortunately for me, but unfortunately from like, perspective. <laughs> and I, I don't, so for, for my take, like, so my schedule, usually when I'm at, like, when I was back in classroom, I would work from, I would leave the house by six o'clock, get to work, work from seven to three o'clock. And then after three o'clock, I would go to my client's homes after school and provide services to my clients. And then after that, I would get home about 630, cook, clean do what I need to do for the next day. And that was my routine. But now, like, it seems like I, I should have a lot more time to get so much stuff done. But I'm finding myself either, one, I'm in my office from 9 o'clock until 8 o'clock at night, and I still don't have, like, what I wanted done. Um, 
and I and I also don't accomplish like certain like health th things I want to finish like going to like working out in my gym or um, meal prepping or focus on eating proper nutritious foods um, so I'm at, I was at like a loss for like two weeks. I was like, what am I doing? Like, and what can I do better? So one of the first steps I realized that I need to do is I need to, I need to sit down and actually plan out my week. Um, what does everyone else think? Megan, what do, what do you feel about plan making like making a plan for a week, like in a planner or does that help you? Um, I mean, in general, even without COVID, I need something like that because I usually have so many different projects going on. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, it's definitely been helpful, but it's more, I try to do, again, more of a logistics piece. So if anyone has children and you're kind of juggling, I think this may, I apologize for any men that are on here, but I'm at least in my life, it just gets kind of assumed that I'll take care of all the things. I, just like, <laughs> I don't know if it's because I'm the one that thinks of all the things or like how that happens, but um, it's just, you know, in terms of like what food, like meals we're going to have, having groceries, dishes, laundry, making sure the child is taken care of and accounted for, um, all of that kind of stuff. Like if I don't do anything with it, obviously my husband will step in, but I just, um, you know, I kind of like can't I, for my own purposes, like I need to know when I'll be getting my work done. So it can't just be like a fly by the seat of your pants type thing. So trying to have like a logistical plan, at least around like who's responsible for what and delegating Radhika said that too. planning and delegating is key has been really important. And I'm the one who's doing that. So I'm the one who's, you know, kind of identifying the various things that we might need to have on our radar. And of course my husband like chimes in and stuff too. But, um, so we're, again, we're just that family dynamic, whereas some people might be living without children or on their own or whatever. So obviously that changes up some stuff, but that's been really helpful. So I plan in, uh, I work out in the morning and he's responsible for things and then I'm based like right now, because like I said, I can be flexible with my schedule from like nine until two or three, I'm hanging out with my son and then maybe answering some emails here and there when he's having like his, his independent time. And then from three to five, I'm working and he's hanging out with the son and like getting dinner ready for my son, our son. And then from five to six, I'm getting our dinner ready so he can work out. <laughs> and then um, we start the bedtime routine. And then by like 7.30, hopefully my son's asleep. And then I usually do an additional like two hours of work, which is weird for me because I had really gotten to this point where I didn't work past like five or six. And I was so proud of that accomplishment <laughs> last year. Um, and now I'm back to like, well, this is the only time that I can get that done. But I'm also doing a lot of like give yourself grace and checking in um, to see, how, you know, I have that like general plan. And I found for me, it's easier if we can have, we, we shift things around if I have a meeting or he has a meeting and there needs to be a shift, but having like a general framework of like, okay, this is mom's time to do these things then and dad's time to do this. And like, we have our general pattern for the day it has been really helpful, especially for my son too, because he, he, you know, knowing who he's going to be with and what's going to be happening a little bit is helpful. 
Um, but having that general plan and then if something goes off a little bit, like maybe I try to wake up to work out and I'm just like not feeling it yet and I don't want to get up yet. <laughs> I try to just give myself grace. Like that's fine. It's okay if you get extra sleep today or maybe you miss this workout. Um, or if I have like a meeting I have to plan and I can't plan it during the time I want to again, just, but it's open communication and like being clear with each other about what we're doing. I love that. I love that open communication. I'm kind of on the other side, but we'll get to that. But like, I'm just looking at a chat box and there's a lot of, um, listeners that are saying that, you know, the bullet journal works for them. Um, they also, uh, use different type of planners that works for them. Um, I agree. I love planners. Like I look, I'm a very, I would call myself a planner. Um, uh, I would call myself a very um, pro planner person, which I love my planner. I get um, very particular about what I like. So like for me, um, the first two weeks I was out, I didn't plan one bit and I realized, so I didn't plan at all and I failed at a lot of tasks and they, and some of the tasks took me a lot longer to complete. So yeah, I totally agree that planners are like one of the best things to use, um, to keep track of what task I have to do and when to complete it by. Um, I'm realizing though, Megan, and I'm not sure if any of the other uh, listeners also agree to, I mean, feel this way. Um, I struggle now because I tried to block myself time to do certain things, but I'm realizing that though these plans constantly change depending on what emails I get from um, either my clients or my school related um, emails. Uh, because school is evolving very quickly right now of what district, I mean, distance learning looks like, and they are constantly changing the requirements for us. So I almost need, like, my planner has been evolving. This week, luckily, is spring break for us. And for, this is like the first week I actually took out my passion planner and actually scheduled and color code all of my to do, do list for, and, uh, just set a block timeout for when I need to complete different tasks. Um, and that has been helpful, but like certain things like yesterday, we had that major storm. Guess what happened? My power went out for an entire day. So I was able, was I able to complete a lot of those things on the list? No. But that's okay. That's where you need to give yourself grace and realize that there are certain things out of your control. But what I could, could, could control are exercising and focus, and I could focus on things that didn't require um, power or um, focus on the things that uh, I, can, I can do outside the home that doesn't require me to do, have power. So it seems like we have a lot of people um, chatting. A lot of listeners are putting posts in the chat. Um, and I see a lot of people stating that, you know, um, that their biggest challenge is trying to get a routine, but also be flexible to the needs of your team. 
I agree. Like I'm, I'm finding that when I was in the schools, I would really block out my time and have it so structured. Now I almost need to evolve and change how, um, I structure out my day. Um, Megan, your, your schedule is much more like a block scheduling, right? Yeah. So, and that's, um, there's been, there's been a quite a few comments on Facebook too. So, um, one of Lisa mentioned doing the block scheduling. It's kind of funny because that's something I wanted to start doing back in like April of last year when I went to, (laughs) um, the autism conference in Africa and Molly from global autism project was showing me what they do. And I was like, Oh, I need to do this. And then I just kept saying, I'll figure it out soon. I'll figure it out soon. And it basically mm-hmm. took COVID <laughs> to get even, like, <laughs> a slight um, attempt at it. I mean, it's not where I would want it to be, but like I said, it, I kind of went over what ours is already, but ours is more blocks of like who, who's responsible for Taylor or like whatever other house things are happening. And then when I have my work time, what I tend to do is sometimes I'll have meetings. So it's, I, I do my meeting, but sometimes mm-hmm. it's like just a, an open slot of work. So I just have my different projects or activities that I need to do for work. I have those prioritized. So it's like, um, you know, what, what my must do list is. And, and that's one of the things that I found helpful even before COVID-19 because my to-do list was always so long. So I have Mm -hmm. like right now my shutoff time is nine o'clock for work unless I haven't gotten through, like say for the conference, there were certain things that had to be done. Um, so if that wasn't done by nine o'clock and it needed to be done for the next day, obviously I would keep working on it. But if there's stuff, even if I consider it must do, and I'm not done by nine o'clock and mine's nine o'clock simply because again, I'm not really getting to work until like three. Right. So if you picture the hours in there, that's still only like four or five hours of working. It's not like I'm working from like eight (laughs) until 9 PM. Um, but I just set like that that cut off and it's just like whatever didn't get done well that's top of the list for the next day um and then you know whatever my next things are on that must do list and the way i organize you know the priorities again it's if something has a deadline right that's obviously going to come first and then in terms of other things it's you know just more just based on time of when it happens so if i have like assessments that i did and i need to write those reports then, you know, whichever one I did first needs to be prioritized. Um, If there's different like webinars we're hosting or things like that or projects we want to work on, I can't work on those things until I've done the other things that maybe are not as exciting for me, but they've been there longer (laughs) that need to get done. Um, So I do try to to pre-mac it a little bit. Um, So that's helped as well. (laughs) Yes. And that's like one of the ideas I had for like how we can stay motivated. So, Megan, in your own words, why is it important to stay motivated during this time? Um, well, I mean, it's kind of weird because I don't entirely think it is necessarily. I think it's what's most important is that each person does what works best for them. So for mm-hmm. some people, it's like getting things done and staying motivated is what helps you navigate this uh, time in our lives, then I think it's important for your own like mental health and sanity to keep, keep people together. Um, in terms, but for some people, especially like there are a lot of people right now who maybe don't have jobs and 
they're just like getting by and maybe they are just sitting and watching Netflix all day or whatever. And I, you know, if you're not, obviously if you're skirting responsibilities and there's like treatment plans you're supposed to be writing and people you're supposed to be meeting with and children (laughs) you need to take care of, then that's a different story. But if you don't have like any responsibilities, like I just kind of think back to, you know, when we were in college or whatever, and we would have breaks and we would have like a month or two off with like no job or anything. And people just kind of did whatever they wanted. Like, that's cool too. Um, So I think it kind of depends, but if you are in a situation where there are actual activities that, you know, you need to be getting done or it just keeps you for me, even if I didn't have anything, if I didn't have a child, if I didn't have a husband, if I was just living alone, I'm a better human when I have things to do. <laughs> like, <laughs> so it would be important to stay motivated so that I could continue to like be the best human I, I want to. But even if you're not the best, like it's fine to not be the best version of yourself right now too, or the best version of yourself right now might be different than the best version of yourself when this is over. Right. So, um, so that's kind of a weird answer, but that's my thoughts on it. No, that's perfect. I, I totally agree. And uh, that's one um, aspect that I just, I mean, viewpoint that I never took in consideration is like, you know, during this time, like, it's okay to, it's okay to not be motivated. You know, it's okay to have those days, especially if you don't have those responsibilities. Um, is it important? I, I do think, though, it is still important to stay motivated with, you know, making sure you eat, um, somewhat healthy and then you take care of yourself by getting enough sleep and also stay motivated with um doing some type of movement because very i mean depending on what state you live like i live in virginia right now and we're uh we have a stay at home order until um june 10th and that's a long time just to be sitting and um developing um habits that are not necessarily beneficial for you um which in turn could be a long-term consequence of like there's a long-term there could be a long-term health consequences with um choosing some bad habits too i think but if you're if you are someone that um has responsibilities um I think that's really important where you have to stay motivated and keep yourself uh, accountable for what you're doing every single day. Um, (laughs) Yes. um, Yes, I agree. Uh, So we had a comment in the chat box about how um, Easter was really rough. And I agree, like all that Easter candy, um, all that, um, all the Easter dinners, that um that you partake in that could create some um bad habits as well um so i'm thinking so depending on who you are i think it's important that one of the ways that we can stay motivated is by setting goals so um i think that's the first step that we need to um accomplish in order to stay motivated so like for me, for my goals is I want to at least weight lift every single day, eat three well-balanced meals, and I want to be able to at least um, complete three major tasks every single day. And those are my goals right now. And they might evolve um, throughout this pandemic. Pandemic. 
Um, Megan, do you have any goals uh, that you set for yourself daily or is it just very flexible? Yeah, no goals. No goals. No goals. <laughs> just living life over here. Again, for me, it's not really any different right now than my normal yeah. life. I just have to figure out what to do with uh, without Taylor or with Taylor around as opposed to him being at daycare. So I don't, um, I did. So I, again, I'm, I'm a big person on giving grace. So <laughs> when, when we knew that we were going to be like ordering groceries and the store would probably be low stocked on a lot of things, I was like, yes, now is my time <laughs> to eat all of the carbs and like bad stuff that I haven't eaten in years because all the good stuff's not going to be available anyway. So I might as well just stock up. So for our, for like the last month, basically, we had ordered like a bunch of junk food. Like I don't typically get Doritos or Cheetos or Cheez-Its or goldfish or pretzels or any of that kind of stuff. Chocolate chip cookies, soft batch. Oh yeah. So we got like all of those things and I've just been eating whenever, whatever I want. But I did, it's, I'm always kind of looking at where I am and then short term, like what do I want the next few days or maybe week to look like? So I said, like, I just told myself after Easter, I need, I, my clothes aren't really fitting <laughs> so, and I can't buy new ones right now. Um, so I'm going to need to figure out a plan for that. So um, I think felt like a month of like eating bad stuff was probably sufficient. And for my own health and for our future grocery orders, we would not have any junk food and all that kind of stuff. So kind of looking at like we were already that stuff was finally basically about to be out of our house. So let's just not order anymore. And then, um, you know, for this week, I set a goal of eating healthier, but nothing like in particular, like not a certain calorie count. I'm big on shaping. So it's just like, this yes. week, you will not eat as much junk food. <laughs> and You will drink a little bit less than you have been. And then next week, it'll be more maybe like, and you'll stick to these calories or whatever. So I also signed up. Uh, I know there's a few different websites. I'm not sure if people have used any of these, but dietbet.com. Um, I figured since I had gained so much weight, I would easily win around because I can hopefully <laughs> lose it quickly. So um, I signed up for a diet bet, but I just did a month one because I've done their six month ones before and it's just too long. I don't stick to it. So I need to do like the short term one. So I signed up for that. Hopefully that'll keep me, um, you know, when I want to maybe drift a little bit. It'll keep me motivated. Again, no like goal necessarily. It's just, I've paid this money, so I hope I don't lose it. Um, and then stick.com. I don't use it. It's S T I C C K I think, or S T I C K K. Um, yeah. but I've tried it in the past and it's just not, um, not motivating enough, but basically you sign up and you like pick what your goal is. And then you, you commit a certain amount of money and maybe it would be more motivating, especially now because most of us probably have tighter finances than usual. But if you, yeah. if you meet your goal, you keep your money and maybe you win some money. I can't remember, but if you don't meet your goal and then your money goes to a, a group that you don't support. So like, for example, if I didn't support the NRA, my money would go to the NRA. And so it's like that negative aversiveness of not only do you lose your money, but it goes to like this group you don't, you don't support, um, tends to motivate some people. So like one of my friends that was like the most motivating thing for her ever. But like, for me, it's like, 
there's not like maybe if I got like signed up for the newsletter of the group that I don't like and like got consistently reminded of like thank you for supporting us <laughs> maybe it would be enough but you don't nothing like that happens so it's not like a consequence enough for me like to be upset about it so that's never really worked for me but the diet bet if I do the short-term ones that tends to help a bit that's awesome that's almost kind of like self-monitoring with reinforcement and then that uh, self-administrating of consequences, except for someone else that's doing the consequence for you. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, that's pretty cool. And then that's uh, one of the strategies I had for, uh, the two strategies I had for how you can keep, um, stay motivated during this time. But you know what, there's, um, just looking at the chat box, there are definitely um, other people that are, I mean, agreeing with you, Megan, is like during this time, there is a lot of, um, a lot, a lot of stuff. I mean, a lot of, um, uncertainty still, um, there are still schools that are still saying that, Hey, we're, we're going to stay home until April 29th and they don't, and people are not certain if they are going back. There are ABA companies that, you know, we're going to stay closed until like, April sometime, but they're not sure if they're going to open back up at that time. So I, I, I agree with you too. It's like, you know, depending on your situation right now, that maybe um, it's really hard to identify goals for, like long-term, but maybe just set a goal for day to day and, you know, take some time every night and in the morning to plan out your day and identify one goal you want to achieve that day just so then you can continue to have some uh just to continue to have success so uh i, I and then um we have one uh one listener she said i have to have one goal in each category to make progress and i like that i like that idea that you know you take your um what you do throughout your day like and you have goals for different categories and it could be working out professional relationship and that's important to like during this time to um even check in with your spouse or significant other or your family and just check in on how they're doing or set a goal for yourself for keeping you know contact with your family um that's a great um suggestion too by the way so but so another thing too, Megan, for uh, set, uh, staying motivated is you were saying early about using pre-MAC principle. That's like one of the, my favorite things to use to help myself stay motivated during this time is I like to say like before I can watch maybe an hour of Netflix, I have to get this done first. And that way I can start, um, and that way I can reinforce myself right after doing that one thing that's not um, preferred to get it done quicker too. Um, uh, is that something that you set up uh, frequently? What about the listeners? Do you guys set, I mean, do you guys use pre-MAC principle as well? Yeah, I try to. I was just thinking about that for, this zoom live <laughs> recording um you know 
what what what's keeping people accountable though <laughs> so like you could say that's what you're going to do but that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen so part partially for me what ha- tends to help is if i can have like an accountability partner so whether it's people volunteering that or i just post on social media and say like this is a thing i'm going to do like once i do that it's a little bit more meaningful that i i need to get that done um, but also just if you have like groups of friends or whatever that you can connect with to help you like set goals and like motivate each other. I found even just checking in, you know, um, Hey, this, you said this thing was going to happen. How's that going? If people check in with me on something and then I'm like, ah, oh, crap, <laughs> I didn't do that <laughs> yet. you know, then I feel a little bit more motivated, that pressure that I should get it done. Um, but I also from like the pre-Mac thing, part of it is it has to be functional enough or like powerful enough that I need to get it done. Right. So again, when looking at, so like some of the things I have to do work-wise that maybe aren't as exciting for me or don't bring me as many reinforcers, but they have to be done. Like there's deadlines and things like that. So I can pre-Mac that like, well, I need to get this done before I'm allowed to go read a book or go for a walk or do something that I enjoy. But if it were something like running, you know, 13 miles or something like that, I don't have to do that. No. (laughs) I had to pre-mac that and said, well, I need to run 13 miles before I can have a beer or something like that. I'm just going to sit down and have a beer. Like that's what's going to (laughs) happen. So there's like some qualities around it that, um, that I think are important too, but also keeping that in mind. Like if you're trying to pre-mac something and you just, it just doesn't keep, it doesn't happen then the thing, that low preference thing probably isn't functional and important enough. And you should probably just let that go for right now and like focus yeah. on something else. Yeah. And yes, Jordan said all of the races are canceled. There's no reason to run 13 miles. Exactly. Unless, <laughs> unless you're in the virtual races. I did. We did sign up and my husband and I did sign up and this was something else from like a motivation standpoint, definitely like signing up for things. Um, so we saw there was a virtual race that came through and now I'm getting ads for all the virtual races. Um, mm-hmm. that's a COVID-19 race and the medal is like the COVID, uh, virus. And then oh, like, so a cool. roll of toilet paper or something. I don't know. It's just like the funniest <laughs> medal ever. So my husband was like, Oh, we have to sign up for this. So before April 30th, <laughs> yeah. we have to do a, fi- we just, they had options where you could do like a 5k, a 10k, and I think even a half. And we were like, He's like, wait, do you get the same medal regardless of which distance you choose? And I was like, yes. And he was like, we'll do the 5K. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's an important topic too. It's like, do you need to do 13 miles? No. (laughs) If that's not part of your goals, that's where you need to set realistic expectations for your goals. Um, Like right now, I'm not running. I I haven't been participating in some of the races with Team Hoyt, which I'm really sad about. But so like for me, like running, like running consistently for three miles is not a goal of mine right now. Strength is a huge part of my goal set. Like I want to build strength and, um, uh, also, um, lose fat. Um, so my goal is to really work on strength training and, um, work on while working out, but also, um, continually to keep my heart rate up. So, I'm also participating. So you were saying about um, account, having an accountability partner, which is great. Um, and that's one of the strategies that you can uh, 
have two part with part of your plan. And so right now I have a couple accountability partners. Um, couple are some, uh, some uh, co-workers of mine and we are competing against each other on the Apple watch, which I love. And we're trying to beat each other with how many activity points we participate in. Um, so having an accountability partner is huge. Um, and I know I have seen a couple people in our, or a couple of our listeners also stating that having a county accountability partner uh, for working out is big for them or uh, using their accountability partner for work projects around the house. I can tell you right now, even though my wife and I are not um, always together right now, she knows she's my accountability partner to get stuff done around the house. <laughs> I have a work to do list that's um, about a mile long that I'm getting done a little bit by little bit. Um, but she's my accountability partner and I love her for it um, because she keeps me straight sometimes. Cause I would be, I would be um, laying on the couch uh, watching Netflix, but um but no, there are stuff that I want to get done. And I know that um, um, she checks in with me and see how I'm doing. So, uh, but definitely working, working on those uh, house projects that I don't get to do because I'm always on the go. Yep. So, but uh, yeah, I love hearing that there's a couple other listeners that have some goals um, trying to decrease their um uh, decrease their weight, which is awesome. Um, I love it. Um, keep up those goals. Um, another thing I would say is for me, um, right now I do have pretzels and chips. What I need to do for myself because I know myself is I need to remove those items necessary for undesired behaviors. So, <laughs> I mean, Last week when I did that grocery list, so ha so do you have Kroger down here, Megan? No, we have Publix. Okay, a big grocery store here. So Kroger is my is my grocery store. I love Kroger, and they have something called a click list. So I can go on their website and order groceries and just see my my list. Well, I was like, I was sitting here and typing away, and you know, I would get um peanut butter, um, salmon, chicken, turkey, uh, ground turkey. And then I was like, I'm, there's nothing here that's really crunchy and salty. Oh, let me put in pretzel chips and then let me put in uh, tortilla chips. And I realized very quickly that that is not a good thing when I'm at the house all the time right now. So yes. Uh, so we have a, um, a listener that said, I replaced the snacking with water-based vegetables, like celery, cucumbers, bell peppers. And that's, I agree. That is a great uh, suggestion. And that is something that I'm going to implement for myself next week when I get, when I order stuff from the grocery store, because I have noticed I wanted something crunchy. Um, and I would just snack on chips uh, throughout the day. Um, does anyone, does any of the other listeners have a specific uh, snack item that they have a real difficult time staying away from? 
I see ice cream, pretzels. If you're from, if you're Who's from- Who's currently eating the ice cream, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> currently eating bowl of ice cream. Oh, Maggie's talking about the air fried veggies. So right before all this happened, we ordered the uh, Ninja air fryer thingy. It's like this big thing. Um, and I had a hard time convincing my husband to get it. Um, <laughs> but we've used that like daily. But initially, but mostly for things like the mozzarella sticks that I just had to have. <laughs> so hopefully this coming, now is the other thing. Um, from just like a scheduling, prioritizing things type deal. The, the first few weeks or I guess first month of this, I knew my schedule was going to be crazy because of the conference and everything. So I, again, that like certain things have to give, right? So it was like, I'm going to be stressed. I know this is happening. We're just going to eat whatever. I don't really care. Now's the time to like have whatever. And then I, um, when I, kind of projected my schedule for like the remaining time for this. Again, I have a lot of control over that. So it's like, okay, now I actually will have time to meal plan and all of those like fun veggie healthy snacks that are in our recipe books that I've been avoiding learning about and like using the air fryer for, I could learn those now. I have capacity for that. But before that was just not a thing that was going to happen. And I would have like really been super stressed out if I tried to add that you know, onto my expectations for myself. So it's kind of, you know, shifting things like when I have space for it, then I'll have, try to have that expectation. But if too much other stuff is going on, then I, then I won't. So hopefully we'll, I'll be reporting to everyone soon on some of the fun recipes. Uh, Maggie, if you have any that you really like, you said air fried butternut squash, zucchini, and cauliflower, great chip replacements. Yeah. My husband tried to make zucchini and squash the other day, but it, he was very elaborate and it took forever. And um, hopefully next time we figure out an easier way to do it. <laughs> nice. Uh, Jordan said that before COVID, I would eat healthy because I knew I would eat junk food in social situations. That's been a tough transition. And I agree. Like, I, I know, like, I mean, I would, at, what, what was nice is that I would be at school and I know I need to meal prep. So I would meal prep healthy stuff for the entire day. I would have my huge cooler, um, like a cooler that you would take to the beach, stuff with um, healthy food just to keep me through the, I mean, keep me full throughout the day. Um, but now that I'm home, it's like, I don't need to, I feel my, like, at first I thought, oh, I can just do things fresh. And now I'm like, going to the easiest thing I could grab and eat that and Sometimes it's not the most nutritious thing possible. Um, we have, Rachel said that kale chips are good too. I agree. I tried kale chips. They are good. Um, I just haven't got a chance to uh, do it myself. Um, do you have a, do you have a um, specific snack that you like, Megan, that's healthier? Healthy snacks? Yeah. Is that, is that a thing that exists? Um, I, I get, I don't know how healthy they are, but one of my favorite things is I get it off Amazon. It's these gummy, I'm a gummy bear fiend. I love gummy bears and they have these smart, smart ones. It's like kick sugar, eat snacks. I don't know what it's some sort of thing like that, but it's, um, it's, they're high fiber. It's not, um, it's made with not sugar, probably a bunch of fake crap that I shouldn't be eating. But, um, so I like those and I put them in the freezer 
and that makes it take longer to eat too because they're hard. And then I like olives are good. So I always buy a lot of olives, um, nuts, but, um, from when I did the anti-inflammatory meal plan, nuts are like a no, no. So I try to limit those. I love cheese. I need cheeses. I do. When I do keto or like low carb, high fat cheese is the jam. But again, from the anti-inflammatory side of things, that's not a good one to have. So it's like this balance of things. Is that because of dairy? Like it's dairy is very the, yeah. The anti-inflammatory diet has a ton of stuff. Like you, it's very limited. You basically can eat fruits, certain veggies, and like meats, and then that's pretty much it. So um, we've kind of been trying to do like a mixture of. Uh, I do really well with the low carb, high fat, but I also we also saw some good health benefits from the anti-inflammatory. So trying to do like a a mixture of those seems mm-hmm. to be helpful. Um, and then Rachel said she likes energy bites. I've been eating. They're not good for you, but I've been eating. Oh, I don't have the bag here. The, my husband got Jif makes these like peanut butter balls right now. Um, and they have like granola on them and they're so good, but I'm sure they're not good for you. Yeah, no, (laughs) no, I can't imagine them being, um, too healthy for you, but, um, but man, whenever you're hiking or in um, like kayaking, I'm sure that they would give you a nice energy boost. Um, so a couple other people suggested uh, replacing, say, uh, replace eating out of the box container um, with having a fixed amount by pouring a certain amount in a small bowl and putting the box container away. I love that idea. Um, I love the idea because you're, um, you're uh, eating a portion of what you need to, or what you need to, or what an actual small portion is, um, which is a great suggestion. Um, so this is one thing that I decide that I want to go back to help me to stay motivated and maintain my goals. This is first, I made my goal. And then how to execute that goal, I'm just going to go back to um, weighing all of my food again. Like when I was really into bodybuilding and going to the gym um, five days a week. Um, And that's when I made the most progress. I went from 280 pounds down to 220 pounds by doing that. So I need to start doing that again. Um, but, uh, let's go ahead and move on. Um, so to stay motivated, we talked about kind of food and health, but how about work wise? Like, so Megan, you work from home a lot, right? Yeah. So do you ever do work in like a, in your bedroom or do you do, or is there a specific place in your house where you only do work? So um, now that we're in like a, a bigger house, because when we first moved here, we had just this like small two bedroom, one bath. So it was like the kitchen table. <laughs> it's like the only place where I could do work. But now we have, I have this like downstairs space. So I have a desk and everything set up, a bookshelf, all that fun stuff. So for like my really, for most of my work, it happens here. I do have, when I'm not down here, I have my computer set up on our counter, which is like sort of in the middle So if Taylor's playing and whatnot, and I need to like hop over and do something real quick, it's just right there. 
but usually the work that gets done there is more like responding to emails, making social media posts. It's not things that require a lot of like brain power. Mm -hmm. Um, and then at night for the, the work I've been doing after he goes to bed for those couple of hours, it really just depends. Like sometimes I'll sit on our couch and I'll have the iPad up with like something playing in the background. Uh, and then be working on whatever. But if it's something where I need more, like you need to like be looking at papers and things like that, mm -hmm. then I'm usually either at that counter in the kitchen or I'll come down here. But so I have like my little spots in the house where I, I do work. Um, I found I've never struggled with this. Like I've worked from home. I've never really had, I think the only time I had an off, I've had an office job like twice in my life. And both times it wasn't like everyone was there at a certain time and checking on you. It was like, I could still come and go as I pleased. And I still worked um, away from the office. <laughs> so even when I like, you, always like I was a lifeguard, I, you know, I didn't ever really work in situations where I had to be do. So I've just always kind of worked wherever and it's been fine. But I know some people say like they can only work at the library or if they go to like Panera or Starbucks or something like they have to get out of their house because if they're in their house, they get easily distracted <laughs> by like other things that are happening. And that's never been a problem for me. That's just, I just sit down and work. I, I'm usually the opposite, which I've seen some people comment about as well, like pulling away from work to do the other things. Um, you know, that's been, that's more why I have my set locations. It's more to like set a clear boundary around. I'm only working here. <laughs> I'm not working in these other places. Yeah. So like for me, so before COVID-19, like, um, on the weekends, that was my time to do any work for school or, um, for clients because I'm so busy through a week. So I would give myself some time and sit on the couch and spend all day on like Saturday, Sunday planning or, you know, doing things I need to do. Um, and that was my, that was my jam. That was my spot. And that was okay. But now I find myself to be busy and I really need to be focused on what I'm doing. So the first two weeks I was a lot, I mean, I was out in the living room a lot, a lot. And I was like, enough of this. I need to, I need to have a spot where I just go to work. This is my workspace. So I moved to the, my office and I set up shop here. Um, I actually took, um, uh, another table so I have my desk I love my desk but the lighting is so bad that you can't see my face so I set up a plastic table and I have two desks work I'm working off of now uh, with my stuff in different place and organized and it I feel so much more um focused now because I have my actual like workplace and I feel comfortable. This is a play, and I and that's another thing is you need to set up your environment for um, your first success and set up your environment that's comfortable, reinforcing, and makes you want to work. So, like the paint color, I made it a specific. I had I, you know, designed it a certain way. Um, it's bright. It's um, for, uh, it's a nice temperature in here. So I just arranged this environment for um, maximum um, focus and uh, so then I can continue to uh, make progress on all my goals I have and continue to work on the things I have without getting distracted. I have no TVs in my office or anything. 
Um, so that's how, like, one of the ways I'm able to um, uh, remain focused. So, but so let's go back to listeners. So does anyone have their, do they, do you guys have a certain area where you guys um, uh, focus, uh, do better at focusing on working on your items or do you, um, are you adjusting or do you just, are you able to just focus anywhere? So I know Jordan said that she, um, they have a home office now. Um, and uh, you were planning on repainting, but now she's reconsidering, which is a good idea because like I know for me, like for the longest time, I spent time on the paint choice and I wanted something that was calming and soothing um, to me that allows me to not get distracted by um, what's going around me. So that has been very helpful for me. So I don't see any more um, comments. So uh, I think another... Oh, Megan, you're muted. Um, there's been quite a few comments coming through on Facebook. So at some point we can pause. Nobody commented on that particular question, but there's a few good nuggets of information on the Facebook feed too, if we all want right. to talk about that at all. Yeah, let's go ahead and talk about that. Um, so some of it's going to seem a little bit out of order. I don't know why this happens, but like part of the comments disappeared. So I apologize for that. <laughs> but um, Aaron was saying that, oh, and now another, the one I wanted to tell you about is gone. But Aaron was saying that basically they, um, they've been trying to set a schedule where they, they go for a walk or do some sort of exercise as soon as they get up in the morning, but she has children and that's a good way to like help tire them out so that then mm -hmm. they can do their work, her and her husband. So I thought that was a good idea if you have kids. Um, and then uh, for some reason, all the comments keep disappearing again. I don't understand. So, and then Lena said something, but it, it's gone and my brain doesn't hold information right now. So sorry, Lena. Um, Aaron also said planning it out is helpful. Um, Ain says having a predictable routine for a week, not more, taking it a day at a time. And I think we've touched on this a little bit. Jawanda was asking, so this is something that maybe we can all chat about, that her therapists have been a big help. They love all the training they've been providing. So their recognition has been the best reinforcement, but now they're kind of looking for more projects to have um, after the next week or two will be challenging. So if anyone has ideas of different projects to do with your team, while we're all quarantined or stuck at home, uh, feel free to type those in the chat box. Joe, you and I can come back to that too when we get there. Okay. Um, Lisa also said they've been walking in the morning and they started about doing a mile and now it's about three, but it's just a good way to start the day. Um, and let's see. A lot of people were commenting that they like the bullet journal and that's been really helpful. Um, Claire said that two things that are really important for her is scheduling an AM meeting at like 8.30 and ensuring that she showers and gets ready like it's a real day. And I fortunately haven't had to schedule any morning meetings and I try to avoid it right now because I'm in charge of Taylor at that time, but I, I definitely have to shower. Like I just, it, I don't do well in my day if I don't shower and get going. So I don't know if any other people are on 
have that as well, but that's definitely a thing for me too. Um, Christina says she's created her own planner to keep her on track, but she's struggling with maintaining the plans. So that's one thing I did want to touch on. So um, we've kind of talked about this a little bit, but that staying flexible. So when I make plans, if I'm struggling with keeping them or like my system's not working, I act just like a behavior analyst and <laughs> I look at why, you know, what is it about this that's not working and how can I shift it? And again, it may not be working because maybe it's, it's just not functional. Maybe it's not realistic. Maybe it's not what's most meaningful for your life right now. And it, like, cause sometimes we get these visions and we get these ideas and I've definitely lived that mistake numerous times in the past where like, you know, I had a break for when I was in school or I had a bunch of clients that would be out of town or I was on maternity leave and I would think like, oh, I'm going to get X, Y, and Z done. Or maybe I'm traveling and I'm going to read these different books or whatever. And I would have these like big pictures of like all this stuff I would get done and it never happened. But it took me several years to stop <laughs> to stop just doing that, right? Like, I, so I would like pack all the stuff and be like, I'm going to get all these things done. And then they wouldn't happen. And I'd be like, oh man, I got nothing done. And it took quite some time for me to realize like, clearly if you keep making that mistake over and over, <laughs> like something needs to change here. And it's not really a mistake, but it's just like, you think these things are going to happen and they're not. So clearly it must not be as important as you think it is. So I don't know what's motivating for us about why we come up with these grand plans and think we're going to get through all this stuff, but just realize that it's not that big of a deal. So if there's things that you're trying to get done and they're not happening, the first step obviously would be, okay, well, do these things need to happen? Are they actually things that are functional for my life right now? And obviously remove any of the things that really aren't like, they may sound good. Like I did yoga every day or I read 50 books or whatever. Like they may sound <laughs> cool, but if they're not, you know, directly relevant and functional for your life right now, yeah. then just set them aside. Um, and then for the other pieces, it's like, if I'm not, you know, able to get certain things done, it's like, okay, why? So for a couple of the weeks here, I had too many meetings scheduled. So during the little bit of work time that I had, I wasn't getting enough work done. So again, I'm flexible and I can just not schedule meetings right now. So, and I don't feel bad setting those boundaries and just being like, nope, I'm not taking on anything else right now. So you'll have to wait. Like I, I don't, it's, I, Taylor's here. I'm with him most of the day. Those things just aren't getting done. So I'm not going to try to like break myself adding in things that just make it more stressful. Um, but that's the piece that I would really look at is, you know, why, whatever plans you're coming up with, like, why is it not working? And that's fine. It's not nothing against yourself or anything like that, but then just like modify it. You might have to just break it down and make less stuff happening. Joe, you were talking about how you have the planner, but then something might come up from school or the yeah. power might be out or something. So then even recognizing that, okay, this week, those things came up. Maybe I need to have some sort of contingency plan in place where I have like my backup <laughs> of yeah. like, if this doesn't work, like this is what I need to do instead. But obviously reflecting in the moment, like, okay, well, this was a thing I didn't think was going to happen. And like being able to have like, this is where I'm going to set this aside. And these are the things I have to focus on, like really knowing what your priorities are. I don't know if you have anything to add to that. Yeah, no, no, no that's great. Like, yeah. And I totally believe in that self-evaluation and self, like just awareness of like what's going on uh, with your day-to-day uh, -to -day activities. And always like, I find myself, the more I can reflect on how my day is going at the end of the day, it, the better 
uh, prepared I am for the next day. Um, and I feel like, like for me, the, like right now, like I spent two weeks, I mean, two days on my, on my uh, planner and setting up the way I wanted it, which I have been doing from like when I was in school, but I'm realizing it's not really um, um, benefiting me right now because of the constant influx, I mean like a constant change in schedule or uh, different things popping up all the time, or I might have a task that I really want to complete, but, and I set aside four hours to complete it, but it really ends up taking me like eight hours. And I think I need, I mean, like for me, like after evaluating that this week, um, between um, Sunday, Monday, and today, I really need to go back and just adjust how I um, identify what things need to be completed. Like I know blocking my schedule, like I give myself like, this is my window of doing work and that's it. I'm not going uh, not going to identify what specific tasks I need to do, but this is my work schedule, and then this is what I'm going to do next, and I think that's going to be much more beneficial for me um, to set those things up uh, in that way. Yep. Yeah. So. And we also we had um, Lisa, kind of similar to what we talked about, but she said, be sure not to put too much on your planner, make an overarching goal or outcome. Um, those two things made a difference for her. So again, you may have like a million things that need to get done, <laughs> but being realistic about just reflecting on like, well, right now I'm only getting about one must do thing done. So make your plan based around that, right? Then you're going to yeah. feel more successful. Somebody else mentioned that they like put down even mundane things like do the dishes, <laughs> um, fold laundry, right? Just that yeah. power of like crossing something off of a list can be really reinforcing. Yeah. Too. Um, yeah. And then uh, Christina said she tries to set an overarching goal for the year, but that's been so hard to even touch. So setting smaller goals um, might be more realistic. Um, Crystal said they have two daily Zooms. They do a wellness check for their working staff. And then they also do um, staff on furlough. And then they have a second get our day organized Zoom. So I've definitely found that having, we have like a few group text message chats that I didn't have before COVID um, that started more around the conference. But then after the conference was over, we've still been just like checking in with each other and sharing funny stories about our day and things like that. And that's been really helpful. I've been doing a lot of social Zooms. So whether I'm <laughs> organizing them, we have a, a tequila one coming up on yes. Saturday, April 18th. So whether I'm organizing that or I'm just participating in ones that other people are doing, that's been really helpful to stay motivated um, and just connected, like having that human connection. Um, some of the Facebook groups I'm in, just different fun posts that people are making where you comment on different experiences you're having. I think connecting with people and seeing that you're not the only one experiencing certain struggles or certain wins um, is helpful as well, because this is all like uncharted territory for a lot of us. So being able to see what people are doing, but then you have to be careful that you don't make the uh, mistake of comparing yourself to others, right? So, yeah. oh man, Susie's <laughs> like get, knocking out like 20 goals a day and I can barely get out of bed. Okay. That's fine. Barely yeah. get out of bed. So, yeah. <laughs> right? Like that doesn't mean one better than the other, you know? Um, so just doing what you, what's like works for you and trying to resist that urge to compare yourself to someone else. 
Yeah, and some people, um, and this is where social media gets dangerous too. It's like if you compare yourself to other people on social media, um, you got to also understand that they they might be in a different spot. They might, I mean, they might be. So, like, I like to follow a lot of people that are um, fit, fitness gurus, and I see what they're doing, and I'm like, man, they are just knocking these workouts out. But that's their job too. Right. And they are also fit that way. I mean, they're, they, they are conditioned to do that many out, uh, workouts. And, I, and you just have to keep in mind, like in the back of mind, I, I'm going to do the best that I can do at the present moment and just continue to make improvements. So, yeah. But no, that's all I have, um, have I mean, about that, Megan. So, okay. So we do have a few more comments on the Facebook Live. I really like Kelly's suggestion here. She said um, she tries to split her day into quadrants. So something for herself, something for her daughter, something for work, and something for the house. So it's not necessarily equal amounts of time, but she makes sure she's hitting each of those during the day. And that's basically similar to the schedule we have um, come up with, like I was mentioning earlier. So I do think having things, again, having that plan and trying to just separate it out, but being realistic about it. Um, and for some people, they may do best with like an actual, you know, this is the time of the day I'm doing my me time. And this is the time of the day I'm doing <laughs> like time with my child. If some people might need to do more of the like fly by the seat of your pants and it's like, what needs to happen right now? <laughs> and you do that. But then as you go throughout the day, you kind of like tick off the boxes and you're like, okay, I already had my me time. Cause I woke up this morning feeling kind of crappy and I just needed to sit and have some coffee and like listen to nature for a little bit, you know? <laughs> um, so you might do it that way too, where it's a little bit more flexible, but you're just like doing a self check of like, okay, what, what have I not like, which quadrant did I not get to today? Some those are her four quadrants. People may have different quadrants or they might have mm -hmm. um, not even quadrants. They might only have two things or they might have eight things that they have, you know, to get to. But I thought that was a really good. Um, that's a really neat. Yeah. That's a really cool idea. I have never heard of breaking your day up in quadrants um, like that. That's really interesting. Yeah. Um, Cynthia said the most challenging part for her has been setting boundaries regarding work and creating a self-care schedule for herself. I think that's one thing that, um, I've been fortunate because I've worked from home for so long can like just without even leaving to see clients. Like I, I literally have worked from home for the last three years at least. So I think I've had to figure out all of those things before this. <laughs> Um, so that I haven't struggled there, but again, it's just really being strict about it. Like for me, what I know I need is having those times laid out. Like you, if you looked at my calendar, you'd see it, it says like when I'm doing what, um, mm -hmm. and that I have that nine o'clock cutoff time. So, and I just make myself stick to it. I've come to the point over the years with, um, you know, the contingencies I've faced and the historical shaping of my behavior <laughs> to that that's what I do. But, um, other people, something else may be more successful, but that's where it's been really helpful for me. My husband also has pushed on that a lot over our 10 years of marriage. Like it's been a sh slow shaping process from when <laughs> we first, you know, were together where I was working from like 7am until midnight pretty much every day to the point that we got to now. But, um, if you have someone that can kind of help shape that and check in with you and make sure that you're 
giving yourself time and doing what you need to. But some people I know right now are just working a lot. Um, for some people, maybe that's what makes them their best self right now. So again, that's where you get into that. It's weird, but for some people, self-care might be doing more work. <laughs> if, that, if that's motivating for them and like gives them a lot of reinforcers, that could be self-care. If it's more stressful and it just makes you annoyed and it's aversive, then obviously that's not a <laughs> form of self-care. Um, but again, that don't compare yourself type thing. Like if it, if you're contacting a lot of reinforcement and you're, you're getting the things done that you need to get done, it might not be a bad thing if you're working more than you typically would. Yeah, no, that's really important too, because like for me, like I'm working a lot between my jobs and, but I find myself like if I'm not busy, then I'm doing something wrong. And, or if I'm not busy, I'm not contact, I mean, connecting to enough reinforcement. Um, I know for me, like I don't find reinforcement by sitting down all day and doing nothing. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, but, and some people might, and that's fine. And, some you know? <laughs> and that's fine. That's depending on your goals and what is reinforcing to you. So, yep. Just a couple more comments on Facebook and then we can kind of wrap it. I know we've, uh, we've been going for a little bit over an hour and we had some great action, but of, of course people had other things to get to. Yeah. So, um, there was just some suggestions on snacks that we were talking about earlier. So, uh, Lena said that she likes bananas and soy milk and sugar, fortune cookies, pretzels, honey graham crackers. Uh, a lot of people, some people said they also like cheese. Crystal recommended the smart sweets, which are the gummy bears that I was talking mm -hmm. about earlier. Um, so that's the food piece. And then Shane, when we were talking about office space was saying he switches from his home office to his outside office. <laughs> so he switches <laughs> back and forth nice. between those. It's kind of hot here already in Florida. And we've also been having like warmer weather than is typical and the mosquitoes already are ridiculous where I live. So I haven't been spending a ton of time outside uh, working. We might go in the pool and stuff like that, but I, it's too hard to sit outside and work. All right. That's it for the Facebook comments. So I was able to get through all those. Yay. That's awesome. Thank you, Megan. Yeah. So just to circle back around before we go, cause I don't want to forget. Yeah. Um, did anybody that's still watching have suggestions for Jawanda about activities her therapists can do. They've already covered professionalism, ethics, documentation, ABA boot camp, the RBT task list, motivation and reinforcement, verbal behavior, and decreasing challenging behavior. I obviously, you know, my suggestion would be if they haven't um, consumed the Do Better webinars, those are all free. And we have from 2018, my favorite is the Navigating Challenging Behavior and the Demand Fading and Functional Communication Training. That was in June. Navigating challenging behavior was in September. Early intervention from April. Uh, parent training from March. Those are my favorite ones. I've, obviously, I'm biased. I like all of them because I made them all. <laughs> but those are the ones that I think are like the most impactful, especially for RBTs. And then, but it, you know, for 2019, we had a bunch of different guest presenters. So if they're wanting to learn more about acceptance and commitment therapy, we have one with Tommy Perry on using acceptance and commitment therapy with families. We have a bunch of different ones with the schools. So there's a lot of different interesting topics there from 2019. And then for 2020, we have a few that we've done already as well. So I obviously am going to be biased there. I've also created, and I'll put it in the chat box, an autism 
resources table that has a bunch of the different free trainings and different opportunities that are out there that people could work through for right now. So if it's to continue with training, that would be, uh, you know, those resources, I would definitely check those out. If you're wanting something beyond training that is a little bit different, I did for when I was doing supervision, I've created like fake cases before and uh, we'll do different activities around that. So like uh, we did a challenging behavior scenario and like practice doing a functional behavior assessment. Um, Joe <laughs> probably would have been better mm -hmm. to do during uh, 2020, but you know, we had the VCBA now what last year yeah. that we did and we went through like, how do you, um, what does the intake process look like? And what do you do with that information? And how do you decide what assessments to use? And we walked through a lot of the things that mm -hmm. um, people even once they get certified, it's just not as well trained. So we had a lot yeah. of, we, and for those, it wasn't training necessarily. We'd meet for an hour on Zoom and kind of have the seasoned VCBAs talk about like, oh, these are the things I typically do during intake. And like, this is how I choose my assessments. Um, th these are some of the strategies I use for working with parents. So it was more of like an open-ended conversation and some resource sharing as opposed to like an explicit training. And that was really helpful too, by the way. Yes, it was. Yeah. But I think yeah. like this year probably would have been better for us. <laughs> we always only had a few people on because everybody was working all the time. <laughs> so, well, too bad it's not happening now. But yeah. anyone, I know we only have a few people still on with us live, but is there anyone that has things that they're doing with their, their therapist to help with keeping them busy? Um, the other thing too, um, I it could be that you don't do anything, <laughs> you know, depending on, I think some people are getting into a groove now, but I think the longer that this goes on, we also have to be mindful that it may get even harder for people. So for me, I don't know if it was because I had the conference or what, but like the first few weeks weren't that bad. Last week was super hard. So the week, um, it was basically like the first full week of April. I didn't have anything stressful happening that I was aware of, like, work-wise or child-wise or spouse-wise or anything like that. But it was really difficult for me to stay in like a positive space last week. I was, it was just a rough week. I was just sad. And, um, and I wasn't even having thoughts about like, man, I really wish I could go to this place or that place. It was just like, I don't know. I wasn't contacting typical other reinforcers outside of the house that I probably am feeling some deprivation about. And I haven't thought about it, but I just was sad. Um, and it was difficult. So I think, and like, I think for my son, he's not expressing to us vocally that he's like missing anything in general, but I'm sure he's experiencing that as well. So we're probably going to have some stressors happening soon around his behavior, starting to see more issues there. Um, I would imagine for a lot of children, that's going to happen regardless of their age, where it's like, you know, why are we not going to these places and, you know, having that mixture of different types of reinforcers that we would typically mm -hmm. contact. So I think keeping that, you know, for, again, for some people, it'll be helpful to have work to do and things to look forward to in that way. But some people may also hit a wall where they're just like, I'm over it. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> and some people hit that wall already and maybe they've worked through it or maybe they're still there. Some people maybe hit the ground running and they were super excited to try something new, but eventually they're going to satiate on the current reinforcers and have a lot of deprivation for the reinforcers they're missing out on and they may, you know, have a harder time. So keeping then that in mind um, that our motivations are going to shift and change and be mm -hmm. flexible with that, I think is really important too. 
Yeah, I agree. And it's going to be, I, I, it's gonna, so what I've been doing for my students is like I've been posting a lot. So I've been using a platform called Seesaw to connect with my students and parents and just trying to interact with them daily um, with videos and fun messages just to keep them, just allow them to see me and also to keep some type of communication going just so then they it's so then they just come in contact with me and know that I'm still here for them. So that's going, that's been a huge change. I can't imagine what school's going to be like in September already. Yeah. So just because it's going to be a complete 360 for everyone. Yep. (laughs) So, but, but that's why it's so important to keep up ritual routines or create your new rituals and routines during this time. Mm-hmm. So, and if something happens where it doesn't happen, that's fine. So. Yep. Um, okay. So that was all for, for the different comments. I didn't see anything in addition come through regarding activities. Sorry. Sorry, Jawanda, that we didn't have additional ideas around that. Joe, I know you had a couple of more things. Did you have a few other uh, topic areas regarding motivation. I think there was maybe one or two things we didn't touch on yet. Or yeah, we- there was just a f- um, few other things. Uh, so one of the things I was talking, uh, I was going to talk about was just um, also to stay away from bootleg re- reinforcement um, during this time. Um, and also to also um, work on um, work on self-administering consequences. So, like, if you didn't do something, uh, your consequence would be to put so much money into a jar. So, like, for me, an example for me would be if I didn't lift or work out this day, I mean, today, then I had to put $5 in the, um, the savings jar. <laughs> so that would be a consequence because that's five dollars I can't spend on myself at the time. Yeah. So and that would go away. But um if you want to create a self-management program, um couple of the steps would be A to identify a goal and define the behavior. And then you begin a self-monitoring, I mean you self-monitor your behavior by um contriving contingencies. And then you can also go public with your commitment to change your behavior. So me, I could get, I mean, I'm going public now. I'm going to lift five times a week. I mean, five times a week. Um, So I'm going public and I'm committed to change my behavior right now because it's a goal of mine and something I want to do. And then I can continue to evaluate and set my self-management of the program by keeping track. And then also people, my, uh, um, my my uh people that i also are working out with they can help me be accountable for making sure i'm working out as well so do you have do you have anything to add none of none of that stuff typically works for me i don't i it's just like i don't know like i don't um especially from like a monetary perspective um I, it just doesn't have an effect on my behavior right now. Uh, so that 
that doesn't, I've tried, like I mentioned before with that stick thing and it just didn't affect my behavior. Um, for me, again, it's more about this, just the shaping process with myself. So looking at where I currently am, like, what's my baseline, where do I want to be? And having just like small steps towards that I found is the most successful. The other, (laughs) the other one though, is also just going like hard line. So, um, before I went on the cruise in February, we did that anti-inflammatory diet because my husband has Hashimoto's and it was like this complete, you know, 180 shift in everything we'd been doing food wise. So I either have to have something like that where it's just like, boom, here you go. (laughs) This is what you're doing. (laughs) Or like, if that's not realistic, which it really isn't right now, because like getting the different food items to follow a meal plan like that is not guaranteed right now. Right. So for that, for where I am right now, it's more about the shaping process where it's okay. This is what I'm currently doing. And I'd like to be back to eating fully healthy again, but I'm not going to make the shift overnight. So, you know, getting more healthy stuff and in, in planning a few meals for this week, and then just like continuing to increase that um, is what's going to work for me. Uh, work-wise, again, I don't typically, I have too much, I usually take on too much work. <laughs> so <laughs> other way around, I have to figure out like making sure I'm not doing that. Um, yeah. So I haven't had to do anything there. I do try you know, with work to make sure that I'm incorporating like conversations with my husband and now like my child's old enough too. So both of those, they keep me on track, right? If I'm starting to work too much, they let me know. So that helps too. But, and it's hard because I get like so many reinforcers out of the work I do. So it's hard to like step back from that. Yeah. And then that brings up a good point too. It's like, I, I like to also just keep in mind that everyone's different and not and strategies I have or strategies that Megan have might not work for everyone. It just depends on what works for you. And yep. there's going to be a period of that you're going to have to um, try something and it doesn't work and you're going to have to re I mean, do that self-evaluation and de- I mean, find out what works for you. And it might take a little bit of time, but that's okay. Um, as long as you're trying to keep on trying to make progress towards your goals. Yep. So that's all I have for, uh, for this topic, Megan. Okay. That's been Perfect. an awesome like hour and a half though. Yeah. We had a few people that commented on the original post we made about that we were doing this just to share, yeah. to close out some of the comments people had around that and like what things they're doing to stay motivated. Some of it's what we've already talked about, but just in case I don't want to miss any helpful recommendations. So Mm -hmm. we had, (laughs) uh, Judy was doing well until her power went out. So, um, (laughs) she did stay motivated yesterday by planting and making mini greenhouses. So that's good. Uh, I think you mentioned that too. It was just kind of like, well, what things can I do when the power is out? Yeah. What can I do? I mean, like, so yeah, like for me, it was like, all right, well, I have a backup battery. I'm going to use that. And then I'm going to hotspot from my phone onto my laptop. (laughs) (laughs) So I could do some work. So, um, Amanda said she's staying motivated by setting personal goals and having accountability partners, both professionally and personally. I struggle with navigating the uncharted territories we are all dealing with. It is easier knowing I'm not alone and hearing how others are managing. I think that's really helpful. We mentioned that earlier too. Yeah. Um, Connie said she's staying motivated by picking up old hobbies in her personal time. 
And she's also taking on a mentee to help keep her fresh on strategies and remind her of why she fell in love with the field. Sherry said she's doing, she has accountability buddies and they're doing a yoga challenge. So that's awesome. I did um, download the Peloton app. They have it's free um, 90 days and you don't even have to put in your credit card or anything. And they have yoga and like body strength and walking and running. So you don't even have to have like a treadmill or a bike or anything. They have workouts that you can do in there. So I thought I'd try those and see how oh, they. that's awesome. Yeah. And then Kelly, this she kind of mentioned um, in the chat already, but she's staying motivated by seeing this as a time to do things she hasn't had time for. So some exercise, trying to get a little bit more organized, um, all of that kind of stuff. So um, and taking care of your mental health. So again, you know, whatever works best for you, and it doesn't have to be a huge thing. Like even if, yeah. you know, maybe you do yoga for five minutes, right. Or like yeah. you do, you work on your hobby for just a few minutes. Um, and if, if, again, I'm just kind of of this idea of if it's reinforcing enough and functional enough for you right now, it will happen. And like that five minutes will eventually turn into 10 or 30 minutes and you'll, you'll make time for those things, but don't beat yourself up if you think you are planning to do this grand thing and it doesn't happen. So um, yeah. I think that's where, again, starting out with like a small bit, experience it. And then yeah. if it's meaningful enough for you right now, like you'll keep doing it. If it's not, let it drop and figure out something else. Awesome. I, t I totally agree with that. That's a great bit of a uh, great nugget of information and then tips and strategies there. Yeah. So, well, oh. I think we've talked about a lot. I've yeah. had my little side, little side conversation <laughs> that I usually do. Um, but I didn't go on any, you know, rants or anything this time. I don't know. You didn't, but you know, <laughs> we might have to do another Megan rant here soon. Oh, I'm sure we'll have plenty of time for that. So, <laughs> all right. Well, thanks everyone for joining us live and contributing to the conversation. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this. If you haven't checked it out yet, uh, Joe and I recorded quite a few new little 10 we'll minute or less <laughs> uh, <laughs> podcast uh, bonuses called We'll Decide Wednesday. So we have a few more pre-recorded ones that'll come out each Wednesday. Uh, we have some that already came out and the, they're mm -hmm. fun. They're short. We really enjoyed making them. And then we'll be doing them live uh, probably starting, I think, in May. So okay. hopefully we'll, we'll get some more live active engagement when we do those but it's really fun the wheel decides what we're talking about and we don't prep or anything and it's it's a lot of fun it's on the fly <laughs> <laughs> all right thanks everyone thank you have a great day thank you for listening to today's episode go forth on your quest and do better